Hello and welcome to episode number seven of the Performance Through Health podcast with me, Martin McPhillamy. And today is going to be a uh, you know a bit of a, a, a review of um, uh, my goals for 2020 and um, what I'll be focusing on in this year to make sure that I have a successful year. Uh, my last episode, number six, was all about reviewing 2019 and having a bit of a reflect on that and uh, you know what I need to work on. And there's a couple of things that I do need to work on, especially... Uh, this year, if I want to take my uh, levels of performance to to the, to the next to the next level to to a high level performance, and if I wasn't living in the uh, you know living to my word and doing what I need to do, then uh, there was no point in me doing these podcasts or even running a business. So, for me, the focus this year really is continuing to develop in the network that I that I have in Perth. Obviously, being a, a new individual, not growing up here, people don't really know who I am, and that's difficult because then people don't really trust you, and you don't really get these, uh, you know, you don't get invites because people don't know the uh, what I can deliver. So I need to continue to get the information like this out there. I need to continue to get myself onto podcast episodes and to video podcast episodes and to interviews. Um, I did uh, recently do an interview with uh, Lachlan Samu on the uh, the Open Up podcast. That was probably the rawest podcast episode that I've ever done because we delved into some of the real issues that I had when I moved to to Australia and um, you know suffering with uh, anxiety, uh, horrible depression as a result of many, many, many things that happened in a very short time when I first got over. Didn't have the money, didn't have family or, or, or any you know, of my true true friends that um, I grew up with around. And I was kind of felt very, very lonely and lost. And that led to me to get really, really sick. So if you do want to um, see how I escaped from that, uh, how I got myself out from that, then uh, and and how performance through health actually came about, and a little bit delving into the science of sleep and how that impacts mental health. Uh, go over to um, uh, Open Up Group on Instagram, or you can check on my uh, Instagram Martin McPhillamy, or on uh, on YouTube if you search for Martin McPhillamy, you'll also find the interview there. So uh, I've got some pos- positive feedback on that, and I think that was one of the, my best delivered. Um, uh, talks that I've done so far I was a lot more relaxed and a lot more comfortable speaking to, to Lachlan um, than I have been in, in, in other places and he's a, he's a great interviewer so uh, re- yeah, really proud that I was able to do that but so I need to be focusing more on uh, you know generating that awareness in my life so one of the, the, the goals that I have wrote down for my 2020 is actually to, to start putting on some speaking events and these sort of speaking events will be to do with uh, sleep you know, recovery from exercise, stress and recovery, uh, nutrition, and um, uh, like a, a fatigue management sort of thing. Uh, but basically, to, to to look at promoting recovery, so individuals can actually perform for longer and uh, sustain their their life a little bit longer and, and you know live a bit healthier. I probably will be doing a bit of talking a little, a little bit about the framework, the performance through health framework as well, because uh, you know I want to be promoting uh, what I, what I do as a business and um, uh, what and, and how I can you know, serve, serve individuals. So the aim is to have spy, five speaking events. I think probably uh, or, or most of them will be uh, meetups to begin with. And I'll just put random meetups and post it out to individuals. Whoever wants to come along and learn, they can do. Uh, but the goal is to have at least one paid t- talking gig in 2020. I'm going to be trying to keep on top of the uh, the weekly podcasts, so I, I want to be doing at least uh, one a week, whether that's just me on my own or whether that's with another individual. I do want to try and get it so that I've got alternatively interviewing individuals, uh, bring them around for, for breakfast, sit around at my place, have a bit of 
have a bit of uh, you know a nice breakfast scrum and then um, and then have a little chat and just allow people to have a bit of a platform to to have their uh, you know tell their stories but also that I can learn from as well. So obviously doing all that that's going to help the the business get in a bit more promotion behind the the name perform through health building the brand and uh, the website will be released we're about 80 percent through it now i've got quite a lot of content on there and i will continue to update that but the idea is to, to get like an online online content area for, for for the website and that's going to be um uh, courses on on everything that i do from from health to sleep nutrition exercise into uh performance mindsets urban uh, mindsets growth mindsets and then on to uh, relationships and how to uh, you know, communication skills within relationships and how to to, to ensure that your relationships are, are strong with individuals that you can if the, the way you can build rapport um, all the behavioral uh, science and the behavioral psychology work that I've been doing and I've been studying under uh, you know Chase, Chase Hughes is a, is, a, is a, and Jordan Harvard is two guys that are huge in that and then um uh, all the leadership stuff that I've been doing as well. So obviously, the, take them through the framework and also vision creation. So uh, the, the, the hierarchy in, in my belief uh, is that you have your vision at the very top and then you uh, start with your health. You have the, Your health then gives you the confidence to, to have the correct mindset to keep on moving. When you're in a good situation with a good, confident mindset, that's the, you, know, you have the uh, confidence to then go out and build these relationships with individuals and you can start to form a network of people who, who are like-minded. And then you become the, the leader or the authority of that group and then you can start to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, start to actually put your vision into, into place. So... Um, that's what the uh, the you know the concept of performance health is, and that's what I'll be talking about. And then I do also want to publish free ebooks, so I'm about for seventy percent through um, uh, the stress and recovery in high performance individuals. So these are uh, it's a, it's an ebook that's basically focused on how to enhance recovery and why we should enhance recovery, and what stress does to uh, individuals who are you know very high functioning, very. Uh, highly conscientious and might perhaps that's a burden uh, to their life because they end up getting uh, stress, fatigue, burnout or, or, or poor health uh, uh, early in their life as, as a relative uh, to, to, to many others because they're so focused on, on the end goal and working as hard as they can that they actually forget. So it's all about um, uh, you know, looking at your sleep, your nutrition, uh, meditation, mindfulness, uh, breath work and uh, a concept called interoception which I believe I've, I've, I've discussed previously on, on podcasts. So uh, well, that's one of the ebooks. The other, another ebook will be my A to Z nutrient bible, just compiling everything in there and expanding that a little bit. And then a, a final one probably be about uh, how to form form a vision as well. And then to put a figure on the actual earnings, um, I actually through through performance through health, I actually want to be trying to make a a profit of um, twenty k in earnings uh, extra and additional on top of my full time job wage and. Uh, uh, from the revenue that I bring in, so there, I mean, there's not that much outgoings really with with what I'm doing. Uh, I'm I'm essentially trying to put my purpose into into uh, into action and seeing whether I can and turn that into something that is uh, uh, valuable to individuals, so that I end up getting paid for doing what I love. Okay, so one particular thing that uh, a group of uh, guys that I do with, we go to a bit of a uh, I guess a mastermind truth truth group with. Uh, uh, some of my friends every uh, every uh, every Thursday at seven a.m. It's called the seven a.m. Breakfast Crew. We uh, call ourselves alchemists. We've all read the book The Alchemist, and uh, it's you now if anyone uh, wants to do a bit of reading and wants to learn so, uh, some some metaphorical allegorical lessons allegorical lessons from uh, 
from a book about following your heart and following your vision and following your passion and that you will be able to create um, a life from nothing, then I'd truly go and uh, read, read The Alchemist. It's a, it's a great book. I can't remember the, the, the name of the author. It's Pablo something. Um, anyway, so within that group, we have a... Um, uh, this year, we've decided to focus on a word that will essentially take us to the next level of, of, of performance, really, and, and give us a, a bit of a, a chance to succeed in 2020. And um, for me, with all the, the small little projects that I've got going, uh, you know, the podcasting, book writing, website building, uh, full, full-time job, <laughs> uh, full-time relationship, and, uh, and just you know, even just putting a social media post each, each day and, uh, and trying to have a social life, it, there's a lot going on, so you could say that there's an additional chaos in 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 in, in my uh, in my life. So, uh, you know, yin and yang, chaos and order. Wherever wherever there's chaos, that we, we need we need more order to to fill that. And that's essentially just a, you know, a a moral of life is that when anything happens in your life, what causes chaos, you you can you then build that back up. Uh, to get out of that, you have to create some order in your life, and you have to build some structure and a methodology or systematic. Uh, program to then take steps just like the performance through health hierarchy to then get to what you want to go so for me the um, my primary focus word this year is going to be orderly and the reason for that just like I said I've got lots going on but I find that if I don't write things down and say this is what I need to get done today and I don't plan ahead then I spend a lot of time uh, procrastinating on what I'm actually going to do and the choices can take me a long time and uh, they can take me up to half an hour while just fiddling around with my phone thinking what should I do today shall I focus on the website shall I focus on the podcast shall I focus on the ebooks which one shall I focus on this evening when I get home from work and then before I know it, it's it's late at night but now I've actually said right okay plan the week ahead what are you going to do on Monday what are you going to go on Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday etc etc Look, if I fall away from that, I'm not going to beat myself up. But the the idea is to put a bit of a structure and a bit of a systematic thing, uh, 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 method together of, of how I'm actually approaching my work. And that should t- remove some of the procrastination and make me a bit more productive so that I can reach the, the, the goals that I need to in 2020. So as with all goals, you've got to make sure, obviously, they're very specific. And what I would be doing with, uh, with these goals in terms of how specific you get them is, is you really want to be able to kind of know what they, they those goals look like with all your senses and if you can visualize that visualize what it feels like what it looks like and what it sounds like um to to reach those goals and almost in your mind meditating creates the uh, the vision in your head that you've already succeeded what that then does is it it's it almost makes the brain or the consciousness that is unknown start to produce this known effect in the brain like it's already happened so we can already start to form the connections within the brain and we can always start to um, form the new patterns within the brain as if the goal has already succeeded and that allows you more chance to manifest and more more chance to attract and allow yourself to, to go towards that goal because what's actually stopped us from going towards um, goals is fear and it's just generally it's fear of the unknown it's fear of what's going to happen it's fear of not getting your outcome now if you've already visualized the outcome and this has been proven many times in many studies 
Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of basketball players who have, have took two different groups of individuals where they've actually got individuals to actually uh, you know, practice their free throws. Who, sorry, not basketball, beginner basketball players just practice free free throws, and then they will look at the the number of uh, you know, scores they got, and then they just got people into another group just to visualize doing it, and then compared the scores, and then they found that actually even with the just the visualization that there was actually an improvement in uh, in the ability to score free throws, and it's exactly the same in, in terms of everyone's goals really. So if you actually take some time, write it down, write down what it would feel like, write down what it would look like if you if you set those goals, make it really specific, know what you're actually looking for, um, and you know, it's going to give you a better chance of succeeding. So then we've got measurable. So you have to put a measure on that. And um, you know, for me, I've put over a number of, uh, and I've got five speaking events. I've got one paid uh, weekly podcasts. Um, uh, you know, there's a free ebooks and then the 20k earnings. That's like, like you actually can measure that, so you've got a bit of a performance index to then run through to see whether you're on target for those goals. Um, and then you've got the achievable or attainable. You've got, I am a man who likes lofty goals, um, but I wouldn't say mine are so lofty. Although I would say that they're they're probably a, a little bit of a stretch goals in terms of how they they make me feel. They definitely make me feel. Uh, I wouldn't say nervous or, or, or fearful, but they, they, they make me feel, I guess, excited to, for the year um, because it means that if I complete all this, that I definitely will be growing and will be challenging myself. And that's the whole point of, of the next level of performance and reaching high performance is, is, to, is to really challenge yourself. So making sure it's a challenging goal, but actually it is going to be attainable. If you're just going to make a goal that's just ridiculously stupid, the, then you, you, and you're never going to attain it. You're never actually going to do it. So make sure it's attainable. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I think uh, the next one is actually um, yeah, was, well, reachable. Is R is, I think, is reach, reachable. But we'll say attainable, reachable, the same things. I've, I've messed up there. Smart goals is I've missed an A for some reason or an R. I've got them confused around anyway. Uh, T is timed. So what is your, you know, you need to put an end, end point on your goal. Otherwise, you will just continue or you won't take action because there's no end point. Um, and the best way to do that is actually create accountability with another individual or like myself, try and create accountability by saying it on a podcast or posting it on your Instagram somewhere that's going to create some kind of uh, you know, tension uh, around it. And that's going to pull you through. It's going to motivate you. It's going to it's going to allow the alchemy to happen. If you if you want to use the, the 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 ancient words, it actually allows you to um have that end goal in mind and then it was going to create that tension within the brain tension is just going to seek resolution and you're going to find a way to do it as long as you have the focus on that end goal and uh, so that's what i'll be doing with 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 your goals um if you want any more information and i can probably uh, talk a little bit more about the the ar the r i've I've missed i've missed something there but I'll, i'll post that on um on my social media when i post about this anyway which one it is um so, yeah, that's all about the goal setting. So let's move on, shall we? Um, leadership styles. So like I say, uh, the fourth tier of the Performance Through Health podcast is uh, is to do leadership and um, all different leadership styles. So going to go through some here and uh, going to talk about a little bit about what they are, what the styles are. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, I've got some little notes in front of me, so I'll just be uh, reading off these notes and letting you guys know. But anyway, so the first one, uh, leadership style, and this is one that 
most people don't like. They don't like it when people uh, have a leader that's like this. And it, that's coercive. So it's essentially just saying, um, do what I say immediately. And it, it demands immediate compliance. And uh, it's uh, it's like dictating tasks, expectations to team members, and basically cr- criticizing individuals for what's wrong rather than praising the individual on what they're doing correctly. Um, it's it's also it's a, it's a style that is associated with leaders that like to take control, provide critical information, and uh, set people in the right direction. And it uses like an autocratic approach. Uh, often depends on uh, on order, and uh, it, you know, it's a threat of disciplinary action, action or tight control. Now, I can think of uh, you know, there's many individuals like that in the world at the moment. But Donald Trump, <laughs> if you've seen how much how many individuals he's actually sacked from his. Uh, um, I can't even remember the name of what they call them, but the, his board, let's say, individuals, if they don't listen to what he's got to say or if they don't um, uh, f- follow his orders, then he pretty much just gets rid of them, rid, rid of them gets out of them. Now, how, how, how are you meant to maintain a, a team and develop a, a high-performing team or a highly empathetic team or a compassionate team if, if you're sacking them all the time? You're not, but that's just the way uh, that he is. Um, obviously, he clearly communicates his expectations, ensures that the guys that know that, and also clearly communicates his consequences, and he's consistent with it. He, I think he's fired at least three or four people. Um, Steve Jobs was also like this. So uh, the founder of, of Apple, she's uh, chief executive of Apple, and uh, you know, in the early stages of his career, when he was trying to to, to create Apple computers, he was uh, very coercive. He's he just found that that methodology of his leadership was very um, very effective for focusing the direction of the company um, and driving excellence in performance for all the individuals. And uh, we, we can't really say um, uh, much much about bad about Steve Jobs in terms of the leadership styles, really. Uh, he accepted excellence, but he often uh, criticized the team ind- individuals, and he liked to maintain control over pretty much every single process, and uh, that it was clearly articulated within his, in his vision. So that's coercive uh, leadership styles. And then we've got uh, democratic, and I think this is what they try to do more in the UK, is they're, and especially the Labour Party, they're a bit more democratic individuals, and this is uh, you know, asking individuals, what do you think? And I'm a, I'm a little bit of a democratic individual. And I don't know whether that comes down to lacking confidence in leadership or actually liking to to hear the voice of uh, for opinions and, and therefore I can, can, can match that. And it's probably a bit of both, to be honest with you. Um, but democratic leadership generally involves distributing uh, responsibility amongst teams, uh, empowering team members and aiding the team's decisions to make the pro- uh, decision-making process. And the, it's often used to encourage participation in the decision-making process. Uh, it's a style of leadership that basically facilitates problem-solving, decision-making, and by exploring the challenges and potential solutions for a variety of uh, perspectives of shareholders. So when would you use this? Um, so you would actually use this when you want to maintain open and tra- transparent communication, so everyone feels that they're comfortable and everyone's contributing. Um, yeah, if you it's a bit of a focus of the discussion where letting indiv- individuals share their ideas and uh, you know if if you're wanting people to to commit on board to 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 your own vision uh, and they want to be a part of that then it's important to um, be you know, be a bit more be clear and, and ambigu- ambiguous with with those ideas and, and allow people to actually share their opinions and it allows you also to when you to respect other people's ideas as well. Um, so obviously you'd just explain 
but then uh, you wouldn't apologize. So you just communicate the reasons for selecting a particular solution if everyone's got an idea. Um, just explain your reason why, but you, you, you wouldn't really apologize for that because you still, at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision. Now, um, look, you're going to get Jeremy Corbyn, who is probably a, a democratic individual over in the UK, whereas a, um, over here or in America, should I say, you've got Warren Warren Buffett or Warren Buffet is, is the chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, you know, he's a, a, just one of the, the most famous or most successful investors there's ever been. Um, he just creates a, a sense of empowerment in his team by demonstrating that he values their individual contributions essentially and conforms to um, a democratic leadership style by hiring well, uh, managing little and maintaining honesty and integrity uh, by acknowledging his own mistakes essentially and uh, he, you know he creates a, a bit of a safe environment for, for people to share their their own ideas. So, you, I mean, we could be all these, uh, that everyone has probably a preferred style. One of mine is definitely de democratic, I've just said, but you, you, ideally the top leaders are going to be able to change uh, according to the situation and uh, according to the, the individual they're actually uh, talking to talking to, and obviously on their personality style as well. So if you've got a, someone who is a highly strong individual with a lot of, you know, craves a lot of a, a need for, for power, and you're, you come in with a bit of dominance and you try to be coercive, it's probably not going to be the, the right leadership style for, for that individual. You're probably going to allow them to actually uh, yeah, voice their opinion first so that they can actually get off at their back and you're probably going to have a bit of a, a more of a democratic conversation with an individual like that until you can explain your reasons why at least. Um, then the next one would be a bit of a pace setter. So... Um, this is a, an individual that just really sets high standards for performance and just makes sure that uh, people, um, they lead by example, they exemplify their behaviors and they just kind of want other people in their team to, to look at them and go, oh, you know, I wish I was like that or look up to that individual and say that that's how I, that's how I should be acting. Um, Paysetter's leadership focuses on performance and achieving goals and uh, these leaders expect excellence from all their team and they often jump into the, in, in themselves to make sure that um, their targets are met. So this sort of individual would actually be the person who would um, would like to take all the work on and probably wouldn't delegate so well. Uh, I can think of an individual, uh, you know, my, actually one of my colleagues, she's, uh, Natasha, she actually says herself, like, this is one of the, one of the things she, she struggles with is because she has such a high high standard of work herself that she doesn't want um, uh, you know her, her work or, or uh, individuals to come in and, and the work to, to not be um, the, the same standards that she sets, which is is, is not really empower, empowering for, for other individuals, but it's it's a bit of a control thing to make sure that her that she's actually looking pretty good. So, but when would you use this? Now, this would be useful when, you know, if you want quick and instant results from a competent team, and if, if there's something like a deadline or or there's a change in uh, strategic direction, you're you know you're the top of the leader of, the, of a business, and all of a sudden you've got to make rapid changes because uh, new technology or there's a, a new branding or your business model changes. It's uh, you're going to want to basically be able to um, identify the standards and the types of behaviors that, that are required to make that change and then you're going you're gonna to wish them upon your, your team members to make sure that you can uh, execute execute that well and uh, you know, you're going to be consistent so these individuals are very con con consistent uh, in, in their work and they uh, often encourage people to, to, to follow them and, and come with them but they, they're the sort of individuals that might suffer from burnout and uh, 
I think uh, Adriana Huffington from uh, the, the editor of uh, the, the Chief of the Huff Post. I think she's an individual who had uh, extremely high standards and was known for her regular uh, working eighteen-hour days. Uh, you know, she shaped cultures of organisations and ensured that the behaviours reflected that her, uh, within the team members. Um, but I'm pretty sure that now she uh, is an individual that has has had uh, some health issues because of working so many hours, and uh, she probably could do some with some help from from performance from through health. And uh, I think she's gone now to to promoting a lot of a lot of health, uh, promoting sleep, promoting recovery and de-stressing because I think she suffered from burnout and had a bit of a mental breakdown because she couldn't keep up to the standard that she was trying to set. And then there's my uh, probably my preferred style of of. Of, uh, of, of leadership and this probably comes from my sporting background but also from um, a background that I feel I like to empower individuals and this is coaching so this is basically developing people for the future so um, at work I, I often have this 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 uh, this year um, I studied Sir John Whitmore's uh, performance high performance uh, teams performance coaching for performance and um, one of the big key takeaways was that was is not particularly just um, you know, giving an individual the answer straight away, making them work for an answer or making them go away and have a look up for an answer. So if they come for you with a question, yes, if it's a basic question, you just obviously give it to them. But if it's, uh, if it, you know, if it, it's something that you can see that is going to pop up again and it's an opportunity then to, to suss out themselves and develop, then um, I think coaching's the, the way to go of this. And uh, I can give you an example of that. So one of my new starters at work, uh, uh, he was, uh, I think he was probably about his eighth, eighth week of starting and he had a, a really difficult patient who uh, didn't like the outcome of his sleep study. His sleep study suggested that he had severe obstructive sleep apnea and with, within, within the recommendations from the doctor, it's uh, to avoid alcohol, to avoid driving um, because he was at higher risk of, of having accidents and obviously the recommendations of the, the treatment therapy. Well, when David spoke to him and gave him the recommendations, he got uh, very aggressive on the phone and very, very angry. And um, he, David came to me and he said, to like, look, this, this patient's got really angry. I don't really understand why. He wants uh, X, Y, and Z removing from his, uh, from his report. So he wanted the, the, the mention of not consuming alcohol, the mention of not, not being able to drive, and the mention of losing weight removed from his recommendations of his report because he didn't agree with them. So David come to me, and uh, I, you know, I had a look through this guy's case, and uh, it was uh, it was quite obvious in in the questionnaire that this guy was drinking. I think it was about twenty to thirty units um, of alcohol per week. Um, he was uh, very obese, and uh, and um, you know he was a retired individual. So if you if you look at that from an emp- empathetic standpoint, uh, which often I do as someone who's been working in the industry now for. I think nearly eight years, eight, yeah, it'd be eight years this year, um, and been working with face to face with individuals for a very long time. Is that that guy has basically been just been? He is probably an alcoholic, and he's been told not to drink, and he is retired and probably doesn't spend much time other than driving to the, to the pub. And probably drives home though in Australia. The amount of drink drivers that drink over drive over here. Um, you know, taking away his freedom, you take away the thing that he loves doing, and you're telling him, telling him he's overweight. You know, in in, in pretty much two sentences. Uh, so he obviously he's not sleeping well either. He's got severe obstructive sleep apnea, so he's probably very aggressive on the phone, and he wanted it removed. Now, with this, I, I didn't actually just tell David the. You know, I asked him why. So why do you you think that? I didn't give him the answers. I just said, look, look, can you have a look through this report? Can you have a look at his study, uh, his case, and can you have a look into the um, the uh, um, 
can you have a look at the um the questionnaire that he's answered and can you come back to me with with five points that potentially could have triggered him and uh can you can you can you tell me why and and he did and he managed to find the answers and that's all it takes so that was you know, an example of where i've, I've coached a, a new individual where it's taken probably a little bit more time but it's empowered him in the future to know where to look and know what to do and know how to act next time um and you know it, it allow him to have a bit more empathy when he has a have a, has a conversation with the individual so coaching leadership involves clearly defining roles and tasks of your team members while seeking their input and suggestions coaching leadership is associated with helping team members develop their skills and encourage teams uh, in, in the established long-term goals so it's making coercive individuals very coercive and workers and in, in, interdependent so they all got their individual roles but they know their roles as a as a whole um, and that really helps when you're, you know, you're working as a team and you're a leader of a team, uh, like for me in, in healthcare, I think coaching is the way to go when you've got more than four, like, you know, three or four people working on your team and you've all got to have the same end goal in your mind, but particularly you might be working on different, on a diff- different, um, uh, um, focuses throughout the year, but then you have a similar uh, direction that you want to move. So obviously coaching leadership connects team members with personal goals and values with the organization goals and it establishes rapport, interest and increases motivation. So when would you use coaching? Well, identifying the skills your team needs to improve performance and influence in positive change, encouraging team members to develop long-term development goals, providing team members with challenging assignments, and uh, you know, introducing team members programs to upskill team members and develop them long term. So coaching's really about them. It's less a you know, it's about you in the long term, but it's about focusing on the the individual that you're working with to make sure that they develop into their best version of themselves. So therefore, they can contribute back to you with the uh, the same end goal in mind. So you know. <laughs> On this, the, the card I got. So, yeah, obviously, a lot of coaches out there. You've got all, all sorts of sports coaches and um, a lot of individuals out there. Uh, you know, for me, coaching is a big part of this performance through health. It's a it's a coaching consultant role. So that's why I primarily focus on that sort of leadership style. But you've got someone like Nelson uh, Mandela. You know, he was the president of South Africa. He he formed a leadership. Was famous for implementing. Um, uh, this, this, you know, essentially, coaching was very, very famous in in, in Nelson Mandela. You know, he modelled the leadership style by empowering people, um, convincing them that they had power rather than uh, you know, opposing the, the oppression and influence in their circumstances. He you know, encouraged people via education, and yeah, he claimed that education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And in doing so, uh, Nelson Mandela fostered uh, long term support and got many, many, many followers. So that's coaching. Um, we've got two left. We got uh, authoritative. So uh, this is more like yeah, you're saying come with me. You're, you're, you're mobilizing individuals to, to move towards a goal. Um, so yeah, this this includes inspiring a, a vibrant in, enthusiasm for the mission. Instead of giving orders, the leader gives the goal but lets the team members decide how they're going to get there. And empathy is the most important aspect of an authoritative leadership. So um, just to expand on that a little bit, this is it sounds like it could be because of the name authoritative could be similar to coercive but coercive is essentially telling what individuals to do where authoritative is being um saying okay this is what we are doing if you want to come with me then you can come with me but if not then you can't now there has been in in, in my uh, in my company there's been a big change this year 
And uh, earlier on in the year, uh, you know, the, the, the CEO of my company, Phil, Phil Curry, he made a bit, of a, a bit of a statement and said, like, this is the vision of the company. This is what we're doing. We're having rapid changes within the company. Um, if, if you uh, want to step up the game, then, you, then you're welcome to. And if it's not for you, then I'm also you know, going to look at this with empathy as well and we can have a discussion. Maybe we can sort things out. And it wasn't just to me, it was to everyone in the company. And I think that was a bit of an authoritative um, decision. And that's because he needed to t- make that shift and move everyone else as, on an individual basis towards that goal. So these sort of individuals individuals were clearly defined and articulated the direction and the vision of the company or of the goal. They maintain a high degree of control over, over the direction and the vision, but they also allow others to contribute their ideas. However, they will be the sort of the individual who'll be making the final decision. And uh, so Bill Gates is going to be the uh, sort of individual that comes to mind of that. He's you know, uh, 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 built the whole Microsoft corporation. In the early stages of his career, he demonstrated this this uh, this style of leadership because he di- dictated the way that this company was going, and he essentially dictated the world that was uh, computers were going to go until until um, uh, in, until Apple came about, and he he didn't really need a, approval from anyone else. He was the everyone else had to come to him to to run uh, run the approval of the ideas that they come with past him and look where that's worked it's worked very well for him so <laughs> the richest guy in the world the second richest guy in the world behind Jeff Bezos now and then the final one is going to be the, the affiliative so this is uh, all about putting in a purse in individual purses there's someone who creates harmony and, and uh, you know builds an emotional bonds so uh, affiliative leaders promote harmony along team members and build uh, build connected teams um, they, they summarize individuals that are more sensitive to the value of people by reaching the goals. Affiliative leaders often build team members lowly by developing strong relationships with those being led. Um, the leader puts uh, this sort of leader puts great emphasis on team members to build their morale, make them feel good. Um, you know, working together as a team, everyone contributes. Um, um, so that people are not feeling stressed out, and now, this was really used to to encourage team members to participate. It promotes collaboration, teamwork. Um, it's to make sure people avoid uh, complacency. It's it's to 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 keep people in check and allow for communication on an individual basis and, and checking on with their well well being. And this sort of thing probably reminds me more of 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 uh, it's probably a bit more of a feminine uh, leadership style. Um, and the example on here wouldn't really make it doesn't really make sense. It's a guy called Lauren Michaels of 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 of, of Saturday Night Live, um, which is probably an Australian show or maybe an American show that I don't really know. He's a, a comedian. Anyway, um, he believes that basically creative individuals respond better when they feel good, when they feel heard, when they've had a chance to to actually perform. And um, so, yeah, this is uh, actually, yeah, so it's a US TV show, apparently. And um, so the affiliatives are putting people first. Now, that can obviously come uh, into into a good example of that would be um, uh, if you, there's a bit of an issue going on at work between two individuals or multiple individuals use, and they have uh, been a bit, of a bit of a falling out or there's a dis- bit of a disagreement, then actually um, creating that... Uh, emotional bond with that individual especially if someone's feeling upset 
uh, coming in with a, you know, a bit of an affiliative leadership style where maybe perhaps you rather than having a, a formal meeting with them, you might take them to a, a, a local cafe, a bit more of a relaxed area. You might just discuss with, uh, with uh, generally how life's going, trying to figure out whether they've got any emotional problems going on at home. Um, with relationships, with anything that could be contributing to into the workplace, um, just so you get an idea and you're building that rapport, and um, and then you can move on and, and obviously go to the um, uh, try to, to to create the harmony around the issue that the individual is having and and set some goals. But so that's probably going to be me. I do have to have a, a bit of a conversation with a few people at work and in the, over the next week or so, and I'm probably going to take that approach with with with, um, with my, my leadership style. Well, anyway, that's the five, um, uh, five, is it five? One, two, three, four, five, six, six styles of leadership that I have been taught over um, you know, just this last month with Scott. And um, I'm looking forward to the next one, which is Tuesday. Anyway, if anyone out there has any ideas or anything they want to um, want me to discuss on this podcast, or if anyone wants to, to have a chat and we can try and do something online, I'm going to try and figure it out soon. Um, it's been a bit of a longer episode this this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really thankful for for you guys that listen. Please continue to provide your feedback to me. Um, the next episode is probably going to be on. Um, I'm either going to review this paper uh, how probiotics can 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 help with uh, athletic performance, or might have a special guest on. Um, and then the other one is also looking at uh, the effects of altitude on, on, on the body and training at altitude and uh, the impacts that it can have in terms of health and performance. Anyway, thanks for listening and I'll catch you again next time.